It's Mike Stiles, and this is This Week in the Metaverse, your weekly newscast that keeps you up to date on everything that isn't real and yet is. It's April 17th. Here's what happened around the Metaverse this week. There's an old song from the 1950s called, Is There a Teenager in the House? In 2023, that sounds like kind of a creepy question, but it is what people are asking about Meta's Horizon World's Metaverse platform. WebRite reports in the drum that a public letter was written and published, signed by 36 organizations and 37 individuals, imploring Mark Zuckerberg to stop their plans to let teenagers into Horizon Worlds. Or at least wait until it can prove, using independent research, that Horizon Worlds doesn't pose significant danger to younger users. In February, the Wall Street Journal reported Meta was planning on making Horizon Worlds available to users aged 13 to 17 in an effort to improve user retention, especially among teens and young adults. The company allegedly sees those demographics as the generations that will be the true digital citizens of the metaverse and who have grown up interfacing with technology and connecting with people remotely. The writers of the letter may even agree with that, but say there are dangers... The letter says, considering the well-documented negative impacts of 2D social media on young people, Meta must wait for more peer-reviewed research on the potential risks of the metaverse to be certain children and teens would be safe in the immersive experience of VR. The letter then gets specific, listing seven types of harm or unfair practices that must be addressed. Will Meta care about the letter or the kids? The number of Horizon Worlds users dropped by about 100,000 between February and October of last year. The total user base was at around 200,000 in October. So they need users. And back in 2021, it was found Facebook long had evidence Instagram negatively impacts teen girls' self-esteem and mental health, but kind of kept those findings to itself. One signatory of the letter says this time, Mark Zuckerberg won't be able to claim ignorance or offer a bland apology with promises to do better. Time for another Do Americans Have Faith in Crypto story. CNBC's Cheyenne Devon says, based on a recent poll, nope. No, they do not. Pew Research did a survey in April of Americans 18 plus and found about three-fourths of them who are familiar with crypto aren't confident the current ways to invest in, trade, or use it are reliable and safe. About 18% are somewhat confident, and only 6% feel extremely or very confident. How confident they are depends on how old they are. About 66% under 50 aren't confident, and frankly, that's a pretty big number. But for those over 50, that number goes up to 85%. Part of the negative vibe might be because of how crypto investments have turned out. About 45% of respondents say their investments have done worse than expected. 30% say it's performed as expected. And only 15% say their crypto's done better than they thought. Not sure who those 15% are, because according to chain analysis, the overall cryptocurrency market lost around $1.4 trillion in value in 2022, and crypto investors lost nearly $4 billion just to hackers in 2022. And this poll was taken when people should actually be feeling pretty good about crypto. Bitcoin is rallying so far this year, surging around 80% to hover at around $30,000. 
Of course, the peak was more than $68,000 in November of 2021. Anyway, why is it important Americans have faith in crypto? Because faith is all it's got. There's no underlying assets, so they're only worth as much as investors say they are. Ah, France, the land of people pissed off they can't retire at 62 after taking every August off every year they worked. Well, now the French government under Emmanuel Macron announced the launch of a public consultation on virtual immersive universes, what you and I call metaverses. The goal is to explore the possibility of the state designing alternatives to the virtual worlds built and offered by the big multinational tech giants. The French Ministry of Economy and Finance said the metaverse has been a topic of economic debate for several months now, and it's obvious a digital transition of some sort is inevitable. This consultation they've undertaken ends May 2nd, and the results will be used to design a development strategy for local metaverse alternatives. Those results will also inform the French government's approach to the metaverse where strategy and policy decisions are concerned. Forecast's Danny Park writes, they're not even so sure about the term metaverse or how to define it. At the moment, the government describes it as an online service that gives access to simulations of virtual spaces and allows its users to be immersed in a virtual reality that surrounds them. This online service also allows real-time interactions with other users and their virtual environments via avatars. So, you know, the metaverse. MasterCard debuted a free Music Pass NFT drop during the annual NFT NYC conference. It's part of the MasterCard Artist Accelerator program that launched in January. Decrypt's Jason Nelson tells us the MasterCard Music Pass NFT can be minted free until the end of April, with the drop taking place on Polygon, an Ethereum scaling network that's been adopted by people like Starbucks, Nike, and Reddit for different Web3 ideas. MasterCard's chief marketing and communications officer, Raja Rajamanar, said it only makes sense to unlock a Web3-centered program with a Web3 technology. The Accelerator program is designed to deepen the experience for the music and Web3 enthusiasts. Collectors who hold the Music Pass will have access to features like an AI-powered music generator app, some educational materials like, I don't know, how to crowd surf safely, and access to a virtual showcase in June starring the artists in the Accelerator program. What do the artists get out of it? Exposure, of course, and the program is trying to teach them how to use Web3 technology. Raja said, as a brand, this isn't our first NFT, but it's a very exciting one. We love the combination of form and function. He added that after the showcase, they're going to keep building and experimenting with Web3. Meanwhile, MasterCard's archenemy Visa said, contrary to rumors, it is not slowing down its own cryptocurrency plans. I hear you. You enjoy watching shows like Poker Face, The Magnum P.I. without Tom Selleck, and The Fresh Prince without Will Smith. But you want those shows to really be huge and get all up in your face. Well, the streaming service Peacock has you covered. The rap's Lucas Manfredi reports it's officially launched on Meta's Quest 2 and Quest Pro. That's the first time Peacock's been available on a VR headset. Because of the Peacock Meta deal, subscribers in the U.S. and some U.S. territories can watch more than 90,000 hours of movies and TV shows in VR. And with shows like Lopez vs. Lopez, why wouldn't you want to? But you also get some Major League Baseball and National Football League games. Hey, maybe you'll even get hit in the face with a foul ball. Now, while you're strapped into your headgear, you can watch your Peacock shows while also working with other apps or messing around on the internet because you can adjust the screen size. 
This is all part of a bigger deal between Meta and NBC Universal that seeks to bring NBC's intellectual property, and I have to giggle every time I call it that, to Horizon Worlds and the Meta Avatars store. Like later this year, you can watch The Office on your VR headset, then interact with it in different ways in Horizon Worlds. Anyway, if this all interests you, there are various deals going on that get you a paid Peacock or Peacock Premium subscription. Blockchain. It's got a lot of promise. Decentralization, transparency, crypto, smart contracts, NFTs, DeFi, world-changing stuff. But Bernard Marr recently listed out in Forbes some of the challenges blockchain is facing before it can reach its true potential. One, scalability. The more users and transactions there are, the more gummed up blockchain networks get and the slower they are. Various solutions have been proposed, like creating off-chain channels for faster transactions, but we'll see. Two, energy consumption. Blockchain needs a ton of computing power and thus energy to run it. There are some promising mechanisms that consume less energy, which we'll need for our mandatory electric cars, but sustainability research does need to continue. Three, security. It's supposed to be a big strength of blockchain, but there have been breaches and hacking attacks, and when people lose money, blockchain's integrity goes down. Four, complexity. It still takes a lot of expertise to implement and maintain blockchain, and that may hinder widespread adoption and discourage potential users and developers. Complexity can also lead to errors. And five, interoperability. Blockchain networks have to talk to each other, and today, they don't. So that's another thing that can hinder usage. But that's okay. Humans can't talk to each other anymore either. That's all we've got for you this week. Subscribe, download, listen, rate, review, share. My God, podcasts ask a lot of you, don't they? And we'll be back next week. Music